This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and we are covering some arguments against Simon's work. I went out into the internet, and I found three different, I mean, I found a lot of different arguments against his work, but I took three of the first ones that I found, and I said, why are people squawking about Simon's work being irrelevant? And what I've done is I've taken those three. We've got three episodes, this being the second one. I've left out the author's but I'm taking some of their work and we're talking about that. We're trying to get some lessons out of that. And we're trying to set ourselves up so that as we get into the material, we've played a little bit of devil's advocate. We've got some space in our brain for how this stuff might fit in a little bit. So a consultant's website, why Simon Sinek is fundamentally wrong. I read the entire thing that this guy's got on his homepage and this whole long uh, explanation of how he views um, business and business consulting. And I can't actually say that he's trying to do it like a shakedown of Simon as much as he's trying to say he knows more than Simon. He's better than Simon. Um, and he actually introduces Jim Collins' work and he says, well, Jim Collins, you know, is smarter than Simon. And you could probably make the same arguments with Jim Collins' work. And I really like Jim Collins' work. <clears throat> so, I thought it'd be very interesting to kind of pick it through this a little bit. And so the first quote from his work is, to my mind, this proves that you can't have a why unless you know who your why will appeal to. Well, unless your why is the who, you can identify anybody that you like. I want to work with rich people. I want to help homeless people. Good for you. Why? Every business consultant, business guru, manager that I've ever had, whatever, has always said, go find a niche and specialize in that niche. You know, one of the problems with that is you're looking at who first. You're saying, oh, I want to work with rich people. Um, or I want to work with, you know, female engineers or whatever you're trying to target. You're trying to target a person before you actually know, before you have some kind of genuine interested cause you you actually have genuine interest in that you're looking for the person first and then you're saying okay now what do they need that I can sell them it's kind of a backwards way of thinking because business is a long marathon unless you're looking for i mean you could be looking for I'm going to be in business for the next five years. I'm going to follow this fad. I'm going to make a lot of money. Then I'm going to close it down. Fine. You can do that. But if you're looking at it saying, I want to build a business. I want it to scale. I want it to be a long standing thing, whatever. That's really, this is a, this is a bad way to start. It's a bad way to start to just say, okay, who can I sell stuff to? And then try to figure out what they need because you're going to have a lot of hard times through there. You're going to have a lot of challenges and when you're not passionate about what you're doing, when you're just trying to do things to make a buck or get attention or whatever, when the hard times come, you're going to have a hard time actually surviving. Interesting thing about who is that who changes over time. Who's die? Who's go away? Who's move away? Who's changed their minds? Who's follow trends, right? Who's a person? That's that's the problem with this. Or a group of people or a stereotype of people. 
a, a broad group of people, no matter how defined your niche is, it's still going to be a broad group of people because a niche has to be big enough that you can support your business off. And that also means that there's a limited amount of winners. Because if you already have the niche that I want to work on, and you're already best in the world, how do I compete? That's the point of some of these arguments here that we're going to get into. But you cannot own who. I can't own you. If you're my target, I can't own you. I can't own the target. All I can own is why you might be interested in me as a service or product producer. That's the only thing that I can actually control is why you might be interested. I cannot control you and how things change around you. But the why, the why you're interested in me, that can be everlasting. There can be some qualities there that you see that you go, yeah, those those are those are evergreen qualities. I'm interested. Whatever they put out there, I'm interested in checking out. I may not buy it, but I'm interested in checking it out. I am where I am now because I feel like when I got into the financial industry, I was taken advantage of. And I think it happens to so many people when they enter the financial industry. I think it happens to clients, and I think it happens to the professionals. I want to use the experiences that I've had to help people get more of their money in life. I want to see people have those breakthroughs. People find peace to the questions that they've had that they have people not have to be exploited in order to get help. The people I might be forever helping or be helping in general might be forever changing, right? I might help somebody and they're done with me. They've got their help. They're, they move on to the next part of life. The people could be changing. The trends could be changing. The way the industry helps or doesn't help people could be changing. But the guiding principle, my why, the reason why I'm doing it, that's the rally cry. That's the call. That's what people are actually attracted to. That's why we shape the things the way that we shape the things in our company. That's why people want to come work with us. That's underpinning every message. Or at least it should be. I own that. And I also can gift that. Surely, your overarching goal is to build a successful commercial enterprise. Well, I don't think you can do this by starting with why. Referring to Jim Collins, he believes that a successful strategy is formed from overlapping, one, what you are deeply passionate about, your why, with two, what you can be best in the world at, and number three, what best drives your economic engine. It's the third point missing from Simon Sinek's golden circle viewpoint, the commercial imperative that should drive every business. Sorry, and I really, really like Jim Collins' work, but sorry, we cannot all be the best in the world. We all think we're the best in the world, but we're not all going to be in the best of the world. In fact, most of us will never be the best in the world at anything. And even if you think you're the best in the world, you don't know everybody in the world, so you don't know if you're the best in the world. 
right? It's just, it's a foolish, finite way of thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm there. And what does it matter if you're the best in the world? How do you even define it in the first place? It seems to be awfully arbitrary to me. And who cares? What happens when you are the best in the world? Does everybody just all of a sudden like start bowing to you? Like what what actually happens if you say I'm the best in the world at something? Okay. Good for you. What happens if you're no longer the best in the world? I used to be the best in the world. Okay, now you're a has-been. Set yourself up for failure there. What if you cannot or never will be the best in the world? Should you even try? Should you even make an effort? If you can't be the best in the world, why try? What drives your economic engine? In relationship to a time horizon that you are playing at, if you are playing a 12-month game, you will make very different decisions than if you were playing a 10-year or 20-year or infinite game. So driving your economic engine is kind of a complex discussion because it's situational. And within the same business, things might need to change periodically for short amounts of time and for long amounts of time. You probably have to continually be evolving. The commercial imperative that should drive every business. Well, any business that loses sight of their commercial imperative is foolishly run. However... Businesses fail every day that are being run for that commercial imperative. So without a guiding sense of purpose, sprinting towards a pile of money is like a runaway train. You're going to get off the tracks. You're going to crash and burn. 